Welcome to Come Follow Me Mental Health Insights with Dr. David Morgan. Each week we'll review a concept from the Come Follow Me lesson and talk about applications to improve our mental and emotional health. Hi, welcome to episode 33 of season two. This week we are studying Romans chapters one through six. And the book of Romans is the first of the epistles or letters which comprise much of the remainder of the New Testament. And many of these letters were written by Paul and Romans is the first of Paul's epistles. So due to successful missionary work, the church had grown beyond the borders of Jerusalem and surrounding areas. And then the general church leaders had a need to communicate doctrine and to help correct you know, deviations in practice. So they would write letters to the local churches with instructions. This is kind of the same reason why we have general conference now. Uh, every six months, the general church leaders communicate with all the church members to instruct and correct. There's also regular training from general church leaders to local church leaders. Um, <clears throat> and this is kind of what's happening now in the New Testament. The general leaders of the church are communicating with local leaders via letter. And as some general conferences seem to focus on certain themes, uh, like the most recent in April 2023, had many talks on creating peace and avoiding contention. The epistles of Paul are often focused on certain themes as well. And one of those themes that spoke to me in this week's reading is that of hope. We read about this in Romans chapter 4, starting in verse 16. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace, to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who hope against hope, I'm sorry, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. So let's review Abraham and Sarah's situation real quick. Abraham and Sarah were given an amazing promise that their posterity would have great blessings, uh, including they would have a special land to inherit, uh, the posterity would have the right to priesthood power, and the posterity would take the gospel to all the world. Now, this promise sounds amazing, especially to someone who had children, but Abraham and Sarah were childless when the promise was given. And not only were they childless when the promise was given, but they remained childless for years and years following the promise. Uh, yet they continued to believe that God would fulfill his promise. And eventually he did with the birth of Isaac. And this was when Sarah was well beyond the, um, the time of typical fertility. And so when I read that verse in um, uh, verse 18, that Abraham and Sarah hoped against hope, to me, that means that they had hope when hope seemed foolish or when it seemed that the time of hope had long passed. Um, they continued to have hope even when all signs pointed to despair. The majority of diagnosed mental health conditions are anxiety and depressive disorders. Uh, now, there are many, many other mental health disorders. There's a whole book full of them, but anxiety and depression are by, the far, are by far the most diagnosed. And I would say that... Um, Either you either know someone in your life 
who has anxiety or depression or has had anxiety and depression, or you yourself have dealt with anxiety or depression at some point in your life. That's just how common these conditions are. And both anxiety and depression can affect our ability to have hope. Depression can limit our ability to think of the future in positive terms. There's often just kind of a gloom that is associated with uh, depression feelings and just makes us feel hopeless. Anxiety can also affect hope because anxiety creates these feelings of intense fear about the future. And, and there's all these worries about what the future is or is not going to be. And I think that that is, um, can lead to feelings of hopelessness as well. So those who have depression and anxiety, uh, in order to kind of keep moving forward, they have to hope against hope, meaning they have to try to believe in the Lord's promises even though everything around them suggests potentially poor outcomes, just like Abraham and Sarah's situation. So how do we increase feelings of hope? Um, Paul actually provides a recipe for this in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience, and experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So here Paul offers a stepwise process of how to increase hope in our lives. And the process starts with tribulation or trials. And we've talked often in this podcast about trials and difficulties. Uh, even just last week, we talked about how trials can be helpful. And I'm telling you, every part of me wants to believe that trials and difficulties are somehow a deviation from the plan or that they can be successfully avoided through righteous living. But after decades of careful gospel study and my own personal experience, I have not found a single bit of evidence to support that belief. Trials are part of the plan. And here Paul teaches that trials and tribulations are not, are not only just part of the plan, but they're the starting point for us to develop greater hope. And remember, as you start to think differently about your trials, um, if you can view them as the beginning of something better, then you're going to be able to cope with them more effectively. And I think that's almost an automatic benefit to that. Um, the trial doesn't have to change. We just have to change the way that we perceive it. And if we perceive it as potentially helpful, then um, it just gets easier to cope with. So then Paul uh, teaches that tribulations can lead to patience. So as difficulties persist, we have the chance to learn skills of patience and long suffering. And I wonder if this isn't one of the reasons that trials often persist, despite our prayers for them to stop. This happens to so many people. They pray fervently that the Lord will take their difficulties from them. But perhaps the Lord knows that increased patience will help us gain hope. And longer trials can result in more opportunities to develop patience. So instead of just removing the trial and getting hope that way, he's letting us go through the experience so that we can get patience. And that patience will eventually yield more hope and kind of long-term hope. Paul then says that patience leads to experience. I love this idea because it is at the heart of so many wonderful strategies to reduce anxiety and depression. Experience is just the things that we've been through. It's the knowledge that we've gained, the practical knowledge that we've gained through hard fought battles. 
we can reflect on our experience to help get through difficult times. When I'm faced with challenges, um, often I can say, I've been through tough times before, and I've survived and even thrived, and I can do this again. So experience becomes the proof that we can make it through challenges because we already have. And then this naturally leads to Paul's conclusion that experience yields hope. When we've gone through trials, learned some things about ourselves, and developed experience that teaches we are stronger than we thought, this can give us hope that we can survive again or that this too shall pass. Trials bring patience, patience brings experience, and experience creates hope. We are here in this life to have a happy and joyful journey, and but very little of that depends on our actual experiences or the things that happen to us, but on our perceptions and our reactions to the experiences that we have. We can learn to have hope even in the most desperate of circumstances. Now, I always end my podcast episodes with an invitation to act, and I invite you to give just prayerful thought and consideration to which of these invitations would be helpful in your life. So for this week's invitation, I want you to follow Paul's recipe for hope uh, regarding a challenge that you have faced or that you are currently facing. Answer the following questions. What trial are you facing or have faced in the past? How has that trial helped you increase in patience? How has that trial given you experience to cope with future trials? And how has or how can your hope increase because of the experience you've gained? I do have free worksheets that you can download to help you remember and implement the weekly invitations. Uh, to get these, just sign up for my email newsletter and you'll get them every week in your inbox. Uh, you can find that link in the show notes. I also invite you to subscribe to the podcast so you can access new episodes each week. And please share this if you find it helpful. Uh, there's also written transcripts of the podcast, and you can find that link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. And until next time, this is Dr. David Morgan reminding you that change is possible, but change requires action and to always keep moving forward. Thanks for listening. If you want to learn more, please visit Dr. Morgan's website at www.drdavidtmorgan.com. Dot com.